Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Fantasy Football Rewind. Good evening and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Rewind, the divisional round edition. We are down to the final four in the NFL for the 2018-2019 pro football season. And we know what the matchups are going to be for the conference championship games. I know everybody loves to say they love divisional weekend. I think the conference championship games usually are the best games of the year. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of RotoExperts.com. I'm the king. I am fantasy. And as always, joining me here on Fantasy Football Rewind. My good friend Jim Day, the fantasy Taz, and Jim, everybody loves a good narrative. People want things to be a certain way, and you know, they want the status quo to disappear, especially in sports, when it's lasted for so long. The Los Angeles Chargers were the trendy pick to go to the Super Bowl from a lot of people this year. And there were a lot of people, especially the general public, saying that the New England Patriots, this was they were ripe to be picked off. And this week was the week. But there was no doubt today in Foxborough that the New England Patriots who had a, quote, disappointing season, end quote, and yet still ended up with the number two seed, there is no doubt that they are still one of the best teams in football. Everybody want, loves the narrative, and so many people wanted to see the Patriots knocked off, but here we are heading to the Final Four, and New England still stands prominent. Yeah, I was one of those people. I wanted to see them go down. I wanted to see Chargers win it. But, you know, once again, the Chargers didn't step up and take a game. And like you said, Pats just came out balling right from the start, uh, did whatever they wanted to do to do on offense. And, and the defense just kept Philip Rivers stymied for the game. So uh, kudos to them for another big win. They get to go to another conference championship, eighth in a row. That's just that's just an amazing number in this league. 9-0 at home this season. And the uh, the combination of Brady and Belichick has now won 28 of uh, 40, 45 possible postseason games. Uh, everybody was talking about how how the Chargers were impressively 9-0 away from Los Angeles, but the Patriots were undefeated in Foxborough. They had not lost a home playoff game since 2010. Since 2010, and you know here, here we are again. As for the Chargers, Philip Rivers is now five and six in his uh, in his NFL playoff career. He was four and wild card games, but he has won only one other uh, game past the wild card round. Otherwise. 
Yeah, there's not much you can say to it. The numbers are all right there. You know, this was their best chance. I thought this was the the team that, you know, was most well-rounded. They did have some injuries that definitely hurt them. Gordon wasn't 100%, uh, you know, and and that didn't play well either. Uh, Keenan Allen, not 100%, although he did have a, an okay day. Um, nothing spectacular like the rest of this team. They, uh, yeah, they just got beat by a superior team in this week. And, you know, the bye week, being at home, once again, stands true for, for New England. And now, you know, now the interesting part is can they do the same thing going into Kansas City against Kansas City? The best thing about this is all four teams left are the top four scoring teams in the NFL this season. And what you mentioned it was definitely true. Last week, we saw three road teams win. This week, all of the home teams won. So we're seeing the number one, number two seeds. In the last 13 years, only one number one seed has not gone to the Super Bowl in the NFC, and that's what the, that was the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that home field advantage is definitely a big thing and why we see a lot of teams, you know, towards the end of the season realizing that, you know, they may have a shot for it going all out trying to win it. Um, you know, and it's going to be two good games, I think, next week. There's a, you know, I think all four of these teams have a chance to go to the Super Bowl and it's anybody's bet. But, you know, playing at home is, has shown to be the big thing for these guys right now. And we had uh, we had in the NFC uh, the storyline line was the Nick Falls magic, but that sort of disappeared and fell by the wayside today. The Eagles take an early fourteen nothing lead, and you know how people are so reactionary on social media, already putting the Eagles in the conference championship game. <laughs> but after the first quarter, they didn't score after that. No, definitely. You know, the Saints made a bunch of adjustments, especially on defense, and took away the plays that were working for the Eagles early, um, and it just didn't really come together like that. What you know, look, the, the Nick Foles magic was good. They got off to a hot start, took that 14-0 lead, and like you said, everybody started, oh, good, the Eagles going to do it again. And you know, hey, this is Drew Brees, and you know, if if there's more than 10 seconds left on the clock, I'm not counting him out. It was more than just Drew Brees. The uh, New Orleans defense really locked things up after the first quarter and a half. No, they they absolutely did. Like I said, they made a bunch of adjustments and and started taking away the the plays that were working for Philadelphia early. And then Philly had no response to that. They couldn't find a, a different groove that would actually work at the time. And you know they just didn't get anything working from that point on. Uh, and that's why they got shut out for the last three quarters. Nick Foles today, 18 of 31, 201 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. Uh, in the playoffs this year, three touchdowns and three interceptions and 467 passing yards. Uh, had not thrown more than two touchdowns since week 16 at Houston. Still, uh, you know, he won games down the stretch. Uh, wasn't able to pull out this victory. Is now 4-1 in the, in the playoffs overall uh, in, in, in his career as a starter for the Eagles. Uh, played really well down the stretch. Uh, that, that game against Houston stands out. And uh, now Nick Foles moves into free agency. Yeah, he's definitely going to be somewhere else next year. be interesting to see where he lands. Look, I think he's a better player than people gave him credit for. I think uh, 
we talked about it on the, the Sunday morning show, and uh, you know, I, I thought Jeff Fisher really, really screwed up his career in, in one season. It doesn't take Fisher long, uh, but he definitely did a, a hatchet job on his career. Maybe, hopefully, now this will start to to get it going again. He's still young enough to where he could have four or five good years with somebody. I'd like to see somebody take a good shot at that. Definitely turn things around in uh, in Philadelphia. But it was it was also he had that great year in Philadelphia before he even saw Jeff Fisher, uh, wasn't able to follow it up with a mediocre season, and then the tumble started. So uh, a lot of, a lot of possible landing spots for Nick Foles coming up this year. Uh, do you th- let's let's examine a few of them. Uh, how do you think Miami would be a good landing spot? Oh, I, I think you know Miami would absolutely be looking at somebody like Foles. You know, uh, we've seen what he does in the big games. They need somebody to play big in bigger games, um, and you know, I think he's at every good bit as uh, good as any other what you know free agent quarterback on the market, if not better. He's you know again just coming off a recent Super Bowl win, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, not no other quarterback out there that's a free agent can say that. That's that, that's certainly for sure. Uh, what about Jacksonville? He could because he be the missing missing piece there. Uh, I don't know if he's a, as good a fit for Jacksonville. You know, they they always want to try and establish that you know power running game. Um, I, I think he he gets better. Foles usually gets better the more he gets into a groove throwing the ball. And I'm not really sure that he, he's a good fit in that. I think you want him on a team where you're going to try and push the ball down the field. What about Washington? They do have a few pieces in the passing game for potential. If they could ever stay healthy. Um, but if I'm a player, do I want to go to Washington? I don't think I do. That team just has a bad history of you know, ownership and how they deal with that team. You know, that would that would come down to they'd have to really blow my socks off with a with a number before I'd want to play for them. So you're thinking Miami probably be the best fit, but but would a would a, would a player really want to go to Miami? Uh, hey, with with changes going on, maybe they think they got a better shot at doing something there with with the recent coaching changes, and you know, see what they can do out of it. I, I, yeah, at this point, he's he's gonna go. Well, let's break it down. He's gonna go anywhere that's gonna pay him to be a starter because he wants to be a starter. Those are probably the three most likely destinations. What we've seen probably, uh, you know, not looking fully at the salary cap situation, Washington probably be aggressively willing to spend the money. Well, it would definitely be. That's what their history shows is they definitely have no problem spending the money if they have it. So it could end up being that. I think at that point it really comes down to whether or not they even expect Alex Smith to ever step on the field again. Uh, and we just haven't heard anything recent about. I know he had a lot of troubles after the uh, the first the injury and the, the the first surgery. He had to have a few more. So hopefully he's at the very least. Hopefully he's okay to be okay. But hopefully he gets back on the field at some point. Yeah. Well, well, Washington would be interesting. Uh, I, I believe uh, Miami. Yeah, wherever Foles. Is going to go though, and he he'd be expected to turn the franchise around. You know, what I would really like to see move on from who they have and get a guy like Foles would be the Denver Broncos. 
Oh, see, there, there you go. Broncos would be a good choice. Yeah, I hadn't thought, hadn't thought that through. But, yeah, Broncos, I agree with you. The Broncos would be a, a very good choice. You, you know, I think if, if Sanders can get back from the Achilles uh, tear by next year, and that's definitely a a big thing. To yeah, even if he does it, they have some good young talent there at receiver. Yeah, but you, you don't really have a, a good number one receiver if he's not there. Um, you know, that somebody that you know defenses can go attack and give the other guys a little more room uh, without him there then you know I, I don't think Cortland Sutton is a, a wide receiver one yet and they would have to do something at wide receiver heck for all we know and again I haven't looked at the cap for this but who knows maybe they'll be in, in the market to go after Antonio Brown what about, you know, we've heard in Detroit that they might move on from Matthew Stafford. What do you think about Nick Foles instead of Matthew Stafford in Detroit? Uh, I don't think that would be – look, it, it's going to be the same thing if they try to do the same thing. If Detroit wants to establish that power running game, then I don't think it matters who's going to be a quarterback. If they're not throwing enough, they're not going to put up fantasy points. And, you know, whether or not they can win with that – scheme is something different uh, with all the talk coming out of the team of you know how how they're dealing with Matt Patricia and all that uh, I, I don't know if that's going to be a welcome landing spot for a lot of people after all the talk this year of, of how Patricia has treated his team all shot Jeffrey with five catches for 63 yards today he played really really well down the stretch uh, especially with falls and quarterback but uh, Jeffrey, unfortunately, now he's going to be uh, forever tied to that ball that went off his hands to ultimately lose the game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, very, very, very actually painful to see unless you're, you're one of those Philadelphia Eagle haters, which I'm sure there are a lot out there. Uh, he did end up with the 5 for 63 uh, down the stretch, and including the playoffs in five of his last six games. He had five-plus catches in five of his final cat, five of his final six. And he also, he also had uh, three 80-plus yard games during that stretch, but he only, he only scored once in the final five games. Uh, Allshot Jeffrey uh, yeah, did finish strong down the stretch. Probably next year uh, drafted as a wide receiver, too. Well, that'll be interesting because he wasn't doing much when Carson Wentz was healthy earlier this season. So it'll be interesting to see where people do draft him. Uh, for me, you know, wide receiver, too, you're probably talking third, fourth round. I'm not re- really sure I'm ready to pull the trigger that early next year uh, based on what we said we saw him do with Wentz earlier this season. Um, you know, look, they, they did well last year. Hopefully that's the Wentz we get back next year. But if we get the Wentz... You know, next year that we had this year, then I'm not really looking forward to having also on Jeffrey on my fantasy team. Um, just one quick point, though, that that drop by Jeffrey. And I mean, it wasn't a drop. The ball just clearly went right through his freaking hands. Um, that was the first drop he's ever had in a career playoff game. And on 35 targets, that was the only drop he's ever had. Is that actually counted count as a drop because the ball just like bounced off his hands? Well, yeah, because, I mean, it bounced off his hands and ended up being an interception. So, yeah, they do consider that a drop. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's more of a ricochet than it is a drop. I'll tell you the truth. I hate those plays being called interceptions. I, I hated, I've i hated them for years. If you, if a quarterback throws the ball right in the receiver's hands and it the receiver causes it to be an interception, there's no way that should be counted against the quarterback. I hate that stat.
Zach Ertz, uh, five catches for 50 yards. Uh, better than the first meeting against the Saints, who were terrific against tight ends all year long. Uh, two, two catches for 15 yards in the first meeting. And one, I believe in the first half, he just had two catches for 15 yards. A little bit more involved in the second half, but the Saints did a good job of keeping the cap on him today. They did. They, they threw a lot of coverage at him and, you know, some good plays against him as well. Um, you know, some of the some of the defenders for the Saints really stepped up on, on keeping a close eye on him. Uh, Demario Davis made a couple of really nice places, plays against him. Uh, you know, and the Saints got off to a slow start. It looked like they were a little flat to begin the game. Uh, after that first quarter, though, Peyton turned them around, got them right back on the right track, and, you know, basically they dominated the rest of the game, even though they only won by six. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with Zach Ertz, a terrific season, obviously. Uh, one of the top three tight ends in fantasy football, arguably the second. We should see him go probably in the third round of a lot of drafts next year, Jim. Oh, absolutely agree, especially with so many people being so frustrated that the rest of the tight ends did nothing. So, yeah, there, there's right. going to be a lot of people paying early for tight ends next year. More of the Eagles and the Saints coming back as we continue on the Fantasy Football Rewind here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day. If you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to Bet head on over to Bet DSI. They have wagering options, wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV, or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money. Over at BetDSI, use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% deposit bonus match. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. Again, that's BetDSI, and the promo code is FNTSY101. Uh Today we saw uh, Golden Tate with just two catches for 18 yards. Golden Tate, very, very disappointing uh, since he came to Philadelphia. He did have that big touchdown catch uh, last week, but that was his first touchdown reception since week 13. 
Uh, last four weeks of the regular season, he actually did go over 50 yards in a game. Golden Tate is a free agent and should be able to revive his value uh, somewhere else next season. I really like Baltimore as a nice landing spot for Golden Tate uh, because you know, they need Lamar Jackson to prove as a passer. Golden Tate is somebody who knows how to run the scramble drill and also make things happen yardage after the catch. I think he'd be a perfect fit in Baltimore. Ooh, why would you want to wish that on him? <laughs> um, look, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not sure Lamar Jackson's ever going to be that guy they want him to be. Pocket passer, trying to throw for 250 plus yards a game. I just, I, I haven't seen anything that shows me he's got that kind of talent at this point. Maybe he grows into it. And we've seen too many good running quarterbacks last a year or two, and then not be able to, you know sustain any kind of positive level. So we'll have to see. Uh, but if I'm going to take this, I, there's no way I'm signing in Baltimore with this kid who's still having a hard time throwing the ball. Uh, I, I'd want to go somewhere where I have a better chance of making an impact. And, you know, there, there's plenty of teams out there that could good, use a good slot receiver like Golden Tate, and he really is. Uh, just for some reason, you know, Doug Peterson did not use him correctly or did not want to use him correctly or for whatever reason, they just did not get him the ball. I'll tell you why I do like him in Baltimore because when you have a young quarterback like that that you want to have him prove as a passer, prove as a passer, he's probably more comfortable throwing on the run. And when you got a guy like Tate, he's comfortable with like playing with a quarterback like that. He's played with Russell Wilson before. And then if you also uh, you want him to complete short throws and have a guy that can get yardage after the catch like that, uh, he could easily become their featured receiver. No, I, I guess you're right. I, I mean, uh, along that line. But at, speaking from Golden Tate's side point of view, I, I just don't know if that would be the place I would go. You know, the stats aren't going to be the greatest stats. And uh, I, I just think I'd want somewhere else where I have a chance to be much more effective and definitely put up bigger numbers. But that's just what me. About- if, they, if they put enough big money on the table, I'm sure he'll go. <laughs> What about what about what about Arizona, uh, where they could use a more dependable wide receiver? Oh, I, I, I like that. The, the problem, is, especially if Fitzgerald doesn't come back next year. Although I, I, I bet he comes back next year. I think he wants to see what this offense could do with a change. But who knows? Uh, it, you never know what these guys what what they want to do. Right now, they're probably saying, "Oh, I don't want to play anymore. This just hurts." Uh, but you know, by by March, you're probably saying, oh, I can't wait to play again. It, when you do it all your life, it's hard to walk away. But that being said, I, I mean, I know they like Christian Kirk. The problem there is, you know, Christian Kirk is mainly a slot receiver as well. Uh, doesn't really have a lot of experience playing on the outside. So at, at that point, I, I mean, I'm not sure that's a smart move either because, I mean, Tate definitely made his, his bones being a slot receiver. Um, and, you know, are you going to take your your – you know, at that point, second yeah, it's true. year wide receiver and move him out of his slot position. I don't know if you do that. Um, yeah, man, I, they're trying to think of a team offhand that could use a. How, how, how about how about Green Bay could use it maybe as a compliment? Ah, Devontae Green Bay. Adams. There you go. I agree with that. Yeah, Green Bay would be and good. Why would Golden Tate want to go there? Yeah, right. I agree with that. Green Bay would be a good spot, um, especially with Randall Cobb basically looking like he's just done. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a, a free agent this year anyway. 
So uh, I think that would be a, a great place for him to land. You know, Rodgers would probably love to have another vet receiver on the field to go with Adams. Yeah, I, I, I certainly, I certainly would think so. And uh, you know, the raid, the Raiders could always use a wide receiver as well as as certainly could Miami. Yeah, definitely both. Okay to both of them and, as well. And yes. Buffalo. <laughs> um, and, and Buffalo, yeah. But, uh, again, you know, do you want to go? Look, if you want to go down that line, there's a lot of teams. I mean, I know the Jets have a Nunwa, but the one one knock about uh, against the Nunwa is him staying healthy. Uh, you know, he hasn't been able to do it yet. If he could stay healthy, they love the guy. Uh, and they want to get him as much work as they can, but he just can't stay on the field for a full season. Nelson Aguilar today with uh, one catch for six yards, uh, three touchdowns in the final two uh, final two regular season games, showing some signs. But uh, you know, then was quote was quiet again. Uh, Aguilar had a breakthrough 2017 and a very up and down and more down 2018. What are you foreseeing for Nelson Aguilar for next year? Probably playing with Carson Wentz a lot. Uh, Carson Wentz a lot. I like that. <laughs> like Lance a lot. Wentz a lot. Um, uh-huh. I don't. I I don't know. the The thing that mystifies me here is he did have a good 2017 working out of the slot, and then as soon as they could, they went out and got Golden Tate to come in and take over the slot. So uh, you know, it's kind of like there's something there that we're not privy to that they don't like about Aguilar. Otherwise, why go out and get Golden Tate? Especially after the season Aguilar had for you in that slot last year. Uh, No running game really to speak of overall for Philadelphia, although they did use the running game a lot early on when they jumped out to that 14-0 lead. But uh, then it got got shut down. Wendell Smallwood with just 10 carries for 33 yards. Darren Sproles with one rush for 12 yards and uh, you know, packed a little bit in the passing game with three catches for 21 yards. Uh, Josh Adams uh, did not get a touch at all. Uh, Sproles probably returned for one more year, you figure, with the Eagles, but uh, you know, not, not really a major factor anymore. Uh, yeah, I thought he'd be more of a factor in this one, but uh, yeah, it didn't work. I, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent this off season. Um, they're actually Eagles have quite a few people to be free agent. Uh, Brandon Graham, Golden yeah, Tate, Sproles, Sproles, Sproles is, a, is a, UA, a UFA. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I don't know if you know if he'll come back or not, or if he'll even try it. I mean, what is he like? Uh, I don't know. Fifty-seven by now. Thirty-five. Feels like he's been playing yeah. for freaking. Jai's an unrestricted <laughs> free agent too. Yeah, Jai's out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they weren't planning on bringing him back anyway. Jordan Matthews is out. Chris Long is out, which would be a big one. Um, you know, they, they they're going to lose some people this year. Yeah, well, I think if Ajayi would have stayed healthy and played well, maybe he would have stayed in town. But this team definitely needs to uh, establish a running game, whether it's by the draft or free agency, though. But uh, Mark Ingram, who I think is going to be very sought after, would make a really nice fit in Philadelphia, I believe. 
I agree too. Uh, you know, definitely you want that power runner that you know can move the chains, and that's definitely B. Ingram. And, you know, the one big problem is, is Peterson. You know, he just doesn't like to settle on anyone back. He wants to use his committee, and you know that that's always going to be an issue. Uh, you know, not for Ingram. If Ingram gets paid, he'll, he'll gladly go to Philly, especially the fact that you know they won the Super Bowl last year. They almost you know came within six points of going to the conference championship again this year. So there's definitely some positive there that he could make use of. Well, you can have some fun there in free agency. If you want to bring in a committee, maybe you draft a guy and uh, some lesser names that are out there. Latavius Murray, Spencer Ware, TJ Yeldon. Uh, you know, those are guys who could probably be okay for the Eagles in a complimentary sort of role. Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Well, we saw Coleman really can't uh, handle being a featured back. If no, no, but that's what know. I mean—a complimentary role, like you said. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, bring he might him, be I, the I, most attractive complimentary back out there. I agree with you. See, actually, I think T.J. Yeldon is. T.J. Yeldon actually had a really good season before Fournette came back in. He, he was actually doing pretty well for them. So I, I think he's going to be highly sought. Well, not highly sought off. It's still running backs. So the league still doesn't value running backs. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I prefer Tevin Coleman as a runner, whereas I prefer T.J. Yeldon as a, as a pure receiver. But I would think I would, I would fashion Coleman as being more versatile. No, fair enough. I, I can't argue that. Yeah, but if you're going to get yelled at, like, well, what if they were to get two running backs? It's like, you get Tate, Latavius Murray, and TJ yelled at. I doubt they'll sign two of those guys, but, you know, maybe uh, maybe they, they sign yelled at and, and uh, draft a physical running back in, in, out of the rookie class. Yeah, no, I, I agree with any of that stuff. They. What we do know is he doesn't like a, a one-man backfield. He wants his committee. So they're definitely going to do something. I'm not sure they're going to stick with Josh Adams. He did okay at times, but he wasn't enough um, and definitely doesn't get involved in the passing game. Uh, Wendell Smallwood, you know, he had a couple of decent outings, and that's about it. Uh, really not much to like in this backfield. I wouldn't be surprised if they just started over. Yeah, they might have to do that. Uh, Marking would be a great way to do that, but like you say, uh, you know, we don't, we just don't know uh, if if uh, they would commit to one running back as the lead guy. Uh, Drew Brees today very efficient, as he had uh, 301 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, you know, we all this narrative about how explosive and dangerous Breeze is. He was more efficient than anything down the stretch. That was his second uh, second consecutive 300-yard game. But uh, if you count the regular season, he only had in his last uh, in his last five six in the last six five games he had six touchdown passes. So it, it, this this uh, New Orleans team is not as explosive as they were, say from weeks uh, one to twelve in the passing game. But they, they kind of morphed into something else down the stretch in the first round of the playoffs, where it's more about efficiency in the passing game than explosiveness. Yeah, well, you know, again, they're they're gravitating back to that, you know, try to run the ball as much as they can, uh, have the defense play better so that Breeze doesn't have to throw a ton, although he still ended up throwing the ball 38 times. Um, so, you know, the, the biggest thing here was that, you know, the Saints, uh, they ran, I think they ended up running like 69 plays, whereas you, you only got like 47 plays out of, out of the Eagles. You know, 20-plus plays in a game, that's a huge 
you know difference between teams. Yeah, the, uh, the Saints dominating time of possession here. Uh, you know, Drew Brees, you know, he's he's up there in age, but uh, you know, the, this this team, the way it's built right now, they don't have to heavily rely on the quarterback to carry the team. They have a running game and they play defense. And their defense has been playing very strong of late. And while they did get a, a little shaky start today, they they definitely came back in the second quarter and just controlled it from there. That everywhere Foles looked, I mean, he was looking at defenders draped all over his receivers. Drew Brees, uh, Drew Brees will. Uh, it's actually two days before his birthday. He's uh, he's going to turn forty years old this week. So. Uh, when people talk about sometimes a quarterback is like 30 years old and they consider him old, I always say uh, 30 years old is not old for a quarterback. 30 or 40? 30. Oh, yeah. 40 is obviously not. old. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, 30 is definitely not old for a quarterback. Not even close. Um, yeah, there's so many quarterbacks have gone on to have you know, great careers after the age of 30. Alvin Kamara today, 10 carries for 71 yards, four catches for 35 yards. Not a tremendous day. He did have a touchdown reception called back by a penalty. Uh, Alvin Kamara still uh, with, with a superb, superb season. Uh, in his last two rank, final two regular season games in PPR Fantasy, he scored over 20 points. He was in double figures uh, in PPR every week except for one and uh, probably be an easy top six picks in most formats next year. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's going to go, you know, first half of that, you know, first round. Uh, like you say, the top top three are pretty much set in stone. The next three are probably really close behind that. He'll definitely be in that, that mix right there. What are the top three that are set in stone for you? Uh, for me, it's got to be Gurley, Barkley, and Zeke. Gurley Barkley. We we did a we did a mock recently though, and did Zeke not go in the top three? Uh, only because uh, Dane, the spinning speed stat- uh, statistician, took uh, Le'Veon Bell at number two. Yeah, so I guess it's not etched in stone. Maybe it's etched in stone for Jim, but the the spinning statistician might feel otherwise. Or so, he might just yeah. want us to be talking about his pick. Yeah, or he might he might believe that Bell is going to the Jets, and he's a Jet fan, so it might it might have something to do with that as well. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, Mark Ingram could be on the move though, as we said. Uh, you know, always a threat to uh, rush for a touchdown. Uh, did get one this week? Nine catches, nine carries for fifty three yards. A very important thirty six yard run uh, late in the game for Mark Ingram. Two car- carries for nine yards. Very inconsistent. Uh, down the stretch, though, workload was not guaranteed. Uh, he did score twice in his final four regular season games, but uh, after week 11, he didn't carry the ball more than 13 times in a game. It really appears that he's set for uh, to become a more versatile, productive running back somewhere else. Why would he want to go back to New Orleans as a free agent? Well, it I, I could see the reason for wanting to go back. It, basically, it comes down to the fact that this team is still built to be able to go to a Super Bowl again next year. Um, so, you know, that, that's always a nice enticing thing to know you're on a team that always has that opportunity. Uh, there is that. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I don't think they bring him back. Um, you know, he, he will be 
uh, he turns 30 next year. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people think there's a big drop-off. I don't. We've seen too many guys of recent, you know, uh, Peterson and Gore that have played well beyond that and still played well. Peterson had a, a thousand yards behind an offensive line that was playing with fourth and fifth round, uh, fourth and fifth uh, guards and tackles. So, you know, some of these guys could do it past that. Well, I think it's not only that. It's not only that, but if you look at his stats, you know, hitting age thirty is like so some running backs can do it over age thirty. But Mark Ingram, it's it's usually about workload and not about age. Uh, he, he hasn't had a lot of tread on his tires, hasn't carried the ball as many as, as often as some other running backs his age. We'll talk about that next. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day. At the game, just a gut feeling, no problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to mybookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up until $1,000. That's right, $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So you're talking about Mark Anger. My point was is, yeah, we've seen a running back like Adrian Peterson well over 30 with heavy workloads uh, play well until age 33. We've seen Frank Gore do it, but, you know, you remember somebody like Tiki Barber, especially you being a Giant fan, guys that are not full-time running backs consistently over their career and hit age 30, there's no reason to expect that major fall-off all of a sudden. Now, Mark Ingram, to that point, has 13-21 carries over eight years. That averages out to 171 touches a year. If you look at his, his yearly rush totals, though, he only carried 138 t- times this year, only 166 in 2015, only 78 in 2013, 205 in 2016. So there's no reason to to, to, to say that, okay, okay, this guy is major wear and tear on his body heading into free agency. Totally agree. 
totally agree. I, I think uh, he's got plenty left in the tanks, and I think any team would be lucky to get him. I, I've always liked Mark Ingram and think he's a very good running back. I I think he he's one of those running backs that actually get better the more touches he gets. And I, I think if he can go to a team where he can be the lead back, I think he'd do even better. He also, you know, he's capable of catching passes, even though he counted 21 this past year, uh, 50, 46, and 58 the three years prior. Nope, yep, always got good set of hands, but when you got an Alvin Kamara, uh, I mean, they they had him separate, separate roles pretty much for a reason. I mean, Kamara is a next-level receiver uh, to where the, to the point where he could actually be a wide receiver. He's got that kind of talent. So, you know, it doesn't really fall on them to have to throw to Ingram a lot. And most of the time when they do it, it's when they're trying to create a mismatch and, you know, go off scheme to throw him a ball that the defense isn't looking for. To have some fun, it looks like a possible landing spot for uh, for Mark Ingram. What about the Jets? You know, they can use a reliable running back like that and uh, somebody who's potentially versatile. I agree. I, I think it would be a, a great pick for the Jets. Uh, they do need somebody who's going to be a lot more consistent of what, what they have now. And, you know, they, they have a couple of uh, young guys that could be the pass that down back and, you know, could do a little bit, you know, of the complementary role now. They just need that one solid, you know, early down back uh, grinder guy who could take the, the clock off. And that would definitely fit his role perfectly. What about the, the Houston Texans? It would uh, it would really help Deshaun Watson to have a guy who can catch passes out of the backfield. Lamar Miller hasn't been the answer either. No, he hasn't. And then, uh, you know, I, I know they were hoping for uh, Deontay Foreman to come back and be healthy and, and step in and be able to do something, but we never got a chance to see you know, him do much at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to think, see if they think they can move forward with him or not. Um, I do believe Lamar Miller's still under contract, so uh, I'm they not... They could you know, cut him, though. They, they, they could. They could cut him. They, they could. It would really depend on the, the cap hit and how big a hit it would. But I'm pretty sure they didn't sign him to a huge contract, so it probably wouldn't be a huge cap hit. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. He definitely did not live up to the expectations they had for him. I did mention Philadelphia. Uh, what about Washington as, as well? You know, they, the Darius guys, you can't count on him coming back being healthy. Well, you, you can't, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're hoping he is. Uh, he, luckily for him, the, the injury was, you know, at the very beginning of the preseason. So he's had, should by next year, will have had plenty of time. I, I know they had, again, some uh, backup stuff that came up after the first surgery that he had to deal with. But from what I'm hearing now, I, I'm pretty sure that's passed and he's finally on the right track back. Uh, but again, we probably won't know more about that until till April or so. Um, unless, of course, they go into the draft and come out with another running back, then that might be a telltale sign right there. Um, but I, I think they're really hoping that Geis is back because they want him to be their big back. The more I talk, we talk these through, the more I think the, the Jets is the best fit. But I think another ideal fit, a team that really needs a running back to support a young quarterback as well. And maybe it's the missing piece in their offense, especially if you can catch passes out of the backfield. The Jets may be the best fit in the AFC for Mark Ingram. I believe in the NFC, Tampa Bay might be the best fit. 
Yeah, that's definitely a team that's going to be looking. Uh, I can't imagine them wanting to go back into another season with Peyton Barber. It uh, just hasn't lived up to the hype there. And Ronald Jones, I mean, uh, unless he makes a major turnaround in the offseason and gets his head straight and comes into camp in you know, excellent condition and ready to explode, I'm not sure that they believe, especially with a new regime in there, they may just be looking to get their own guys. So I think that would be an excellent spot for them, especially in that offense. That would be definitely be an offense where he, he could you know, be a big part of. Michael Thomas today, 12 catches for 171 yards. If you used him in daily, uh, you're probably counting some money right now. That's what we're looking at. Uh, you know, this was uh, this was not his best game of the year, though. Uh, his best game of the year was nine cat was twelve catches for two hundred eleven yards and a touchdown in week nine against the uh, against the Rams, who he faces next week. So, uh, if you're playing in one of those playoff leagues with multiplying rounds, you're certainly glad you have Michael Thomas. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you're actually loving having Michael Thomas, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about that again on the Sunday morning show is that we didn't think that they really had the defense to, to curtail Michael Thomas, that he should be able to have a good game here. And uh, I think he went beyond expectations. 171 yards, you'll take that any day. 16 targets, got to love that. Certainly have to. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr., uh, five, three catches for 44 yards. Uh, he was a DFS gamble, but didn't quite turn out with the numbers that we thought. You know, this is a team that, uh, you know, should probably be in free agency or the draft, maybe looking for a more dependable guy as a number two wide receiver, uh, unless they feel that Traquan Smith could be that guy. Traquan Smith, one catch for 15 yards. Uh, he had a 10 catch game last time out. Yeah, he did. And, you know, that was the biggest against, game against this team. Yeah, that was also the biggest game of the season. Um, and you know, look, they're not going to give up on Smith right away. They, they, you know, they just drafted him this year, so they're going to give him some chance to grow into that role. Um, I, I do think they're still under contract to Ted Ginn, but I'm not totally sure. So I think they have Ginn coming back next year. And you know, Ginn's always been fairly successful in that offense because he can stretch the defense, pull everybody away from Michael Thomas, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's back, but, you know, uh, another number two, I mean... Yeah, I think another number two, because maybe they want Traquan Smith to be that number three kind of guy. So here's a few names that I'll throw out for you, for for the Saints that might be on free agency. Randall Cobb? Ooh, I I don't know if I'd take just too many injuries the last couple of years for Cobb. Dante Moncrief? Uh, I, I like Moncrief. I like Moncrief a little bit more than most people do. I, I think, if, you know, given a, a real good quarterback and, you know, he's still a young guy. He's still learning, uh, growing into the position. I think with a good quarterback, he could be a, a solid number two. Adam Humphreys. Uh, I, do, I do like Humphreys. Um, I don't think they... Humphreys goes anywhere, though. I think if they if they can't get Deshaun Jackson to come back, then I think they keep Humphreys. If they can get Deshaun Jackson to come back, they may let Humphreys walk. All right, he is an unrestricted free agent, so that's something we uh, we have to consider. You know, don't, don't yeah. Well, guarantee so is Deshaun Jackson. Back there. 
Right, and Deshaun Jackson is, has said already that he didn't want to come back, but that was before the regime change. And there's already talk out there that Bruce Arians wants to talk him into trying to stay. I mean, he fits Bruce Arians' offense perfectly. You want a guy that can go deep and stretch the defense, that's Deshaun Jackson. So, uh, you know, I, I think that would be the perfect fit for Deshaun is to stay right there and work with Bruce Arians. I, I think that would be a, a boon for his his career. What are the chances you think that the Jets let Robbie Anderson go or that he gets pried away because he's a restricted free agent? I don't know if anybody's going to do a lot of prying. Um, you know, he, he, he finished the season strong, but before that, I mean, just nothing. Uh, you know, but a lot of that could be put on Darnold still learning the NFL level. And, you know, it took him a while, but down the stretch, he, he finally started to look like he was getting the game, like the game was slowing down for him. So yeah, I think they want to keep him around. But if, if they get a, you know, a solid mark against him and somebody wants to, you know, give up what uh, probably did, I don't think they'd put him in a first round tender, probably a second round tender, uh, so maybe even a third, but probably a second round tender. Uh, and I'm just not sure somebody's going to want to pay that that price for Robbie Anderson because he has been inconsistent. Although he's a good young receiver, I can see two teams in the in the NFC North though where he'd be a really good fit. I think the one thing the Bears are really missing is that sort of deep threat that can really scare a defense and take the top off. And then also, we talked about Green Bay. They don't have much outside of Devontae Adams. Watching Anderson and Aaron Rodgers would be very entertaining. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, if he could stand Aaron Rodgers, that seems to be the, the case. Is, uh, you know, what, what players can actually work with Rodgers and work well. It seems to I've heard Golden Tate has personality clashes, so maybe uh, that's the guy to, to go to Green Bay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you, you need somebody who's going to be able to you know, stand up to Rodgers and take his gruff and, and not worry about it. Uh, ben Watson played out the string of his career. One catch, 12 yards. And, uh, you know, it looks like uh, the Saints are going to be another uh, team that probably in the market for a tight end during the offseason. Hey, yeah, but, uh, man, you know, they, they got Josh Hill there. They got Dan Arnold there. Um, they seem to Yeah, like I said, they probably be, should be no, in no, the market, no, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying yeah. they seem to make it work with who's ever there. Um, you know, it, Drew, Drew Brees will throw to every, anybody and everybody, and it doesn't really matter. Um, can they go out and get a good tight end? I'd love to see it, uh, you know, because Drew Brees had – good history with a good tight end and putting up good fantasy points. I'd love to see that. We need more good fantasy tight ends. Uh, it really depends on, on you know, how much they can get away with, how, how much they have to spend to get them. There are only three free agents out there that could really be considered impact tight ends in the passing game. Jared Cook, Tyler Eifert, and to a much lesser extent, C.J. Ozuma. Shoo, yeah, much lesser is right. Um, man, Tyler Eifert, I, I'm sure somebody will take the chance on him, but talk about a guy who just can't stay healthy. That, that kid is snake-bitten, and he's such a great talent. Uh, it, when he's on the field, he's awesome, but he just can't seem to stay there for any length of time. Uh, you know, Jared Cook had a good season, 
but he's never been consistent before. Uh, again, somebody will take the shot on him. I'm just not sure he's going to be, you know, that guy that comes in and, you know, takes over a position. Outside of the big three tight ends, though, nobody would probably be consistent. So, uh, you know, Jared Cook's playing like a top five or six tight end this past season. I really like two landing spots for Jared Cook. I think Dallas would be one good one and Seattle would be another. But I think they really like this kid, in Blake Jarwin, in Dallas. Um, I think they, you know, they brought him in for that reason. They want him to be their move tight end. And I think, you know, while he didn't have the impact they were hoping for in his rookie season, I don't think they're ready to bail from him yet. I I think they want to see what he can do. He's a big boy and he's got good hands. Well, I, I like it in Seattle that, uh, you know, they're missing a big Seattle would there. Yeah, yeah, Seattle would be a decent choice. I agree with that. You know, Ru- Russell Wilson would definitely use him, you know, to to a good extent. So I agree with that. I, I think that would be a nice landing spot. Jimmy Graham had 10 touchdown passes last year work, working with Russell Wilson. Yeah, right. I, I agree. That That's definitely – that would be a good spot. I agree. Still go to Green I, Bay. If I was a tight end, I would want to go. <laughs> yeah, if uh, you don't go to Green Bay, though, that's that's not where yeah. you would want to go. Place I think, where, I think place that's, where tight ends go die. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Jimmy Graham just like what a huge, huge disappointment. Uh, you know, as as a as a fantasy tight end this year, uh, but I don't think they've had a, de- a viable tight end since. Uh, uh, what was that guy's name? I'm not thinking of Jermichael Finley because he was doing consistent. Yeah, I was going to say, who who are you thinking of? Am I'm I probably thinking of what what a Brett Favre's or oh uh, Mark. Uh, what was his name? Yeah, Play with Brett Favre. Mike. Mark who? Uh, oh man. Um. I don't know. Let, let I'm me trying to remember the guy's name. It's it, it's on it's on the tip of my tongue right now. I'm going to try and see if I can find it for you. Mark Shimura. Oh, geez, Shimura. <laughs> well, he was kind of inconsistent as well. It wasn't like he was a, a great tight end. No, but uh, I think he was be- He he was uh, probably the best tight end the Packers had maybe in the last 20 years. Yeah, that's probably right. They definitely did not. They have not had a lot of good tight ends. But then again, you know, with, with Rodgers, you just know they don't use him. Yeah, it's uh, your tight end's going to be very desolate up, up in fantasy. And then if you had you had your one and duds, uh, Zach Ertz is gone. Uh, Eric Ebron is gone now. Uh, you know, you still have Travis Kelsey out there at tight end. You still have Rob Gronkowski. We'll talk about him in, in just a little bit. But uh, in those one and done fantasy playoff leagues, you know, very very slim pickings for the tight end position, Jim. Yeah, luckily I have saved Kelsey for just that reason. I haven't used him yet, uh, so hopefully that that that'll work out in my favor. But you're right; uh, it, it's been that way for fantasy all season. Why would it be any different in playoff when there's fewer teams out there? Um, tight end has just been a wasteland. And I'll, I'll ask you this: There's a lot of people out there trumpeting the fact that they want to, you know, stop the tight end position or at least incorporate it into the wide receiver position. What's your thoughts on that? I always want to represent more positions than less. 
Right. If I could. That's how I feel uh, exactly. I'm not in favor of doing away with the kicker. Like I said uh, before, why not have an offensive line? And for every sack they let up, uh, minus 0.5 points. And for every running back that rushes for 100 yards, you get a few bonus points, too. Yeah, I'd like that. I think there's going to be more, a few more sites next year, the fantasy sites, that actually start having those stats. And that's what we need. We need the sites to actually have the stats so we can use them in the leagues. Yeah, that's only for the hardcores. We'll talk some New England Chargers next on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Eglin, Jim Day. Just finished recapping New Orleans and Philadelphia. It looks like the Eagles won't repeat, Jim Day. No, they definitely won't repeat. Uh, they are done. The, the Nick Foles magic has come to an end for 2019. Yes, uh, but you know what? If you always want to feel good, I think, you know, Invincible is on cable right now. I, I watched it again the other day, and I remember to myself, that's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I like that movie too. You know, those kind of sport movies are always good. You see somebody coming, you know, not giving a chance and just goes in and rocks it away. I love that. As a matter of fact, you're talking about that. In the background, I have Rocky Three on my TV. <laughs> oh, it's on again? Well, they, they, they yeah. show up so many times. That That is my favorite of all the Rocky movies. Oh, is it? Three? Yeah. yeah. Clubber Lang. <laughs> Clubber Lang. Dead beat. <laughs> I would probably say three is my favorite, followed by two, and then one. And I'm going to include the Creed series in this. I like Creed two so much. I think it is my fourth favorite of of all the Rocky movies. And then I would say after that, I'll go. Let's see. I'll go. I'll go four, five. I'm the only one that seems to, to, to like five. Rocky the Balboa. Tommy Gunn? The five is the one yes. with Tommy Gunn, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. And then uh, and then Rocky Balboa, which I liked. Yeah, it was okay. I liked and then, and, and, then, and then the first Creed I probably put last. I thought it was wow, just really? okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, it goes back and forth. I still like Rocky one just because it was the first one. Uh, you know, it just, I, it was just a totally different look at it. And I, I just, I was always a fan of that one. So, but I get it. I like three, too, with, with, uh, with Mr. T and it. He's a lot of fun in that one. Yeah. The thunder lips and the flesh, baby. Uh, yeah. did you, did you see Creed two? No, I haven't gotten a chance to see Creed two yet. If you are um, a fan of the Rocky saga, uh, take off tomorrow from the fantasy frenzy and go <laughs> see that movie. 
you, you 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 should wait to see it. It's it's it, it's better than the first one. One of the best. If you're a film of the saga, like a fan of the saga, like I am, it just ties the old and the new so well together. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. Well, I, I definitely plan on seeing it soon. But um, you know, we'll what are you see. waiting I, I for? Like, I don't like taking days off from work. Never did. Seventeen years. In I'll give you the days action. off. <laughs> a part of management here. <laughs> Seventeen years of. My real career back in the day, I took two days off in 17 years that weren't planned vacations. I don't take right, a lot so of time you, off. So you could go after the frenzy is over tomorrow. I, I could, absolutely. You should. You really should wait. <laughs> okay, should. I won't wait. I promise. I'll tell you what, another one of my favorite sports movies that I just recently saw on cable. I love uh, He Got Game with Denzel Washington and Ray Oh, Henry. that was good. I agree. He Got Game was excellent. I, I yeah. like Denzel. I like Denzel a lot. And it doesn't hurt that he comes. He grew up in my hometown. <laughs> Which is? Mount Vernon, New York. Mount Vernon, New York. Do you know the famous basketball point guard that's also from Mount Vernon, New York? Uh, there's, okay, are you talking talking Earl LaPearl Monroe? No. Because he's from New talking York. Michael, Michael, <laughs> Michael, Ray, Michael Ray Richardson. Oh, Michael Ray Richardson, sure. Uh, he yeah. also had uh, 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 Rodney McRae was from Mount Vernon. Played a long yes. career in the NBA. Good basketball player from, Mount, from Mount Vernon. Yeah. But if you're a Chargers fan from Mount Vernon right now, you're not happy <laughs> because uh, – the Chargers lost again to the Patriots in the playoffs, ah. uh, forty-one to twenty-eight, and it wasn't even that close, Jim. No, it wasn't. It was not. They just just demolished them from start to finish. Brady did whatever he wanted to do, um, and they just could not stop him whatsoever. And then that defense just gave Philip Rivers fits. Yeah, they did. Uh, Philip Rivers. 25 of 51 for 331 yards, three touchdowns, one interceptions, two only sacked twice, but he was pressured a lot, uh, especially early in the game. He he really couldn't get the ball to his receivers in the spots that he wanted to. Uh, you know, we were seeing three and outs, very frustrated with the referees all day. Uh, I don't think the performance, the, the, uh, the box score is actually reflective of the performance today. No, a lot of that came in garbage time when he was trying to throw him back into the game. And, you know, hey, look, he scored 21 points in the second half to, you know, at least make it look fairly respectable. But it really wasn't. <laughs> um, it, it was This was the Patriots game from start to finish. Uh, you could take whatever you want out of the box score. It didn't matter. Yeah, Rivers had a, had a fine season. He had 105 passer rating, which was the third time in his career that he did. The last time he had 105 passer rating, uh, the Chargers made the playoffs. This was his first playoff appearance since 2013. He's 4-0 in wild card games, but he is 1-5 uh, otherwise. Uh, yeah, they, again, and I'm not putting it all on Rivers. I mean, this defense it just had nothing to deal with uh, the Patriots at all. I mean, you had Sony Michelle go for 129 yards and three touchdowns. Rex Burkhead added a touchdown. Uh, you know, it was just just too much. They just had nothing for this team. They, they got outplayed right from the start. 
844-843-6879. That's 844-843-6879 if you want to join in the show at all. And we do have a caller on the line. Let's go to Jason from Wisconsin. Jason, good evening. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Rewind. Hey, Scotty. How are you? Nice to speak to you. Oh, good. Good to speak to you, Jason. Thanks. Yes, sir. I, uh, uh, Mr. Day, I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and I've never spoke to you, uh, uh, Jim Day, and uh, I, it's a pleasure because I really enjoy your uh, your uh, your company, you know. Well, I appreciate that, Jason. Thanks for saying. It's always nice to yeah, hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. No, I, I got I got one thing to say, and then I got one question about, uh, about uh, the Kansas City and New England game. But uh, – but Mr. Day, I like I like I like how he I like how he prefaced that by calling you Mister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but anyways, every time I hear you say that, Jim, every time I hear you say that, dude, I smile and, and I laugh my ass off. And I actually Googled and looked on uh, 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 Taz, Google Taz, and uh, and uh, and you got to see a bunch of his fits, you know, with Bugs Bunny and. Oh my God, I, I I miss that from being a kid, you know. But anyway, so yeah, God bless you. you know, you guys are great. No, you guys are great. Thank you. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah. What do you think? You know, I, I talk to Gabe on a regular basis. I try to for gambling and stuff. And uh, you know, I'm a big fan of teasers. You know, and they call them teasers for a reason. I understand. Yes, they do. And and then he oh, it's a son of a bitch, you know. And actually, it worked out pretty good for me this weekend. And in, Indianapolis screwed me. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it worked out pretty good. But now, now we're talking about, uh, you know, KC in New England. And, and I forget what's, what's the line that came out. I looked, but minus, I forgot now. Minus, yeah, KC minus three, uh, over okay. under 57. Okay, so I get, you know, uh, KC you know, plus six. So then what do I get? Uh, a teaser plus six. Then I got those special teasers, you know, where I can get like, you know, KC plus 10. They don't pay out worth a darn. But. You throw you throw a bunch at them, and it's like you know I'll take KC plus eleven, and then you know the over under whatever the hell it is the over you know. I just wonder how no. what's your opinion what's your opinion about that like throwing throwing like you know a hundred bucks at at that or or a smaller you know at like a two team ugly teaser where you get like crazy points. But it pays out less. But like, it's like it looks like a guaranteed win. <laughs> As opposed no, to, it's a problem. They they look like guaranteed wins, but nothing's guaranteed in this league. Yeah, uh, especially if you, if you're talking like a large spread for Kansas City too. It's like I I really like the wiggle to cover. Sure, oh, but I'm you like, like them to cover a large spread. Well, what were you well, saying? You, know, you, guys were, you guys were saying like a like a like a like a, a minus ten, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, you know, like I, I, I looked at it now. I forgot now. I just took my dog for a walk, and uh, and I'm looking at it. I'm at home, I'm out in the woods, you know, walking my dog and stuff. But you know, um, yeah, you know, like uh, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of those crazy ones. You know, like like today I had uh, Philadelphia plus plus fourteen, you know, and you know it worked out well. Yeah, you know, for example, for example, you know, and I always mix it with other ones. But uh, that's all. You know, I just I just get a kick out of that. It's, uh, uh, you know, I, I can talk to See, you guys for days and days about this stuff. When I when I look at like a, a big teaser like that, I'm always more inclined to take the team getting the points and adding to that, as opposed to taking the team that giving giving the points and you know doing that. I I mean, sure. You know, if you if you could take. 
you know, let's say you, you increase it by seven points, whatever, to get to that minus 10. Uh, well, it wouldn't get to minus 10 at that point. You'd, you'd actually get plus four with the Chiefs. That doesn't thrill me as much as having the Patriots plus 10. Sure. So I'm, yeah, that, I'm that, that's right what now. I was saying, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, you know, and I can get, you know, like I said, it pays maybe two-thirds of your money. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, New England plus 16. <laughs> you get New England yeah, plus 16. I would take that in a heartbeat. And then take that Kansas same City. crazy. Or Kansas, or Kansas City, City the other way. Yeah, right. You know, and, and then you got under 70 or over 44. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, for example. And, you know, you, you do a couple team teasers, you throw a, a whole bunch of money at that. I got, how can, you know, that's why it's called a teaser, I understand. But how can you <laughs> go wrong with, with, you know, I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he burned me two times earlier in the year, and I swore I wouldn't go against him again, and then I forgot about that, and I took uh, Indianapolis. <laughs> and it, that's, yeah, but it, you, that's you, are talk, you are talking about New England this time. And, uh, oh, no, yeah. You know, I, I took Patrick England, Mahomes, as good as, yeah. as good as he's been, you, you know Bill Belichick's going to have something defensively for him. I know it's pretty scary, right? How did how did Gronk yeah. do tonight? How did he get a catch? Nothing. Catch one, one, one catch for twenty five yards. Really? Was he yeah, but blocking? He, he, did he, did he have blocking, blocking. He was awesome, uh, okay, especially good. on, okay, on okay. that second touchdown run. Sure. Yeah, sure, he was in sure. there doing a lot of blocking. He just wasn't really getting open in the field. See now, now, now tonight I'm not a basketball guy as much, but now tonight you got uh, teasing. For example, you got the Lakers. Against the Cavs, you know LeBron. I know LeBron is playing, but you got the Lakers yeah. against the Cavs, and I, you know, I what's, what's the, the line on that? Well, I, well I, the teaser line <laughs> I'm looking at the teaser line is uh, a special teaser line is a 19 and a half for the Cavs or for minus one for the Lakers. 19 and a half. Where is where is that I game? Is it is it I, Cleveland? It's in, it's, it's, no, it's, it's in, in LA, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, it's in LA. I no, think nineteen and a half is a, is a. I think nineteen and a half is a little <laughs> little bit too much for for the Cavs. Sure. So so what yeah. I did is I'll let you guys go in a second. I appreciate your time. God bless you guys. But uh, um, I, I've been having a problem actually. Real quick before I let you go, I've been having a problem with my iHeartRadio over my phone, and I could I haven't been able to listen to you guys for like five days. And you know for FNTSY radio, you know uh, all your all your you know your 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 uh, morning after and so on, and and uh, a son of a gun, I've been having to listen to Fox Sports Radio and and uh, uh, Dan Patrick, which I don't mind. But you know what? I really uh, learned to appreciate which I did anyway. Well, we'll we'll let we'll, we'll, we'll let we'll let we'll let the tech team know about that. But there are other ways to listen to us sure. uh, oh, no, as well. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, but you know, and then I got UCLA and Oregon State, and you know, I don't who the hell knows about that. I don't know if you know anything about UCLA or Oregon State, Jim. Do you? Not really. I'm not really big into the, the that that college stuff. So uh, yeah, definitely no, not the right neither. guy. For me you. neither. No, me neither. Yeah. But, I wouldn't uh, want to give you bad anyway. information. <laughs> oh no, it's all good. No, but but, but Mr. Day, like I said, Scotty, I spoke to you uh, spoke to you months ago. But uh, but but uh, day, uh, Jimmy, uh, I tell you what, you're uh, you're the shit, man. You're something else. I I dig it. <laughs> All uh, right, both, easy but, there, Jason. That's a family program. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Eight fifteen on a Sunday night. Yeah, I don't know. But okay. But, um, <laughs> hey, thanks thanks for your time. And hey, Scott, you appreciate this. Let me uh, real quick. Let me give a shout out to the uh, Corey Parsons, the fantasy laxative. 
I can't believe you guys never thought of that months ago with your feud and stuff, you know. You know, but you know, and, and I, I call him a financial accident because I, I listened to his advice and he made me mess myself. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good I'll, one. I'll, I'll, I'll pass it. I'll yeah, pass it that on to him tomorrow for you. It is. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. So anyways. Uh, hey. 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 Guys. Thanks a lot again. And uh, looking forward to next weekend, next Sunday. And um, I'm hoping I can speak together if I get my stupid phone working for my iHeartRadio on your uh, on your uh, FNTSY. Yeah, it's been driving me nuts. That's uh, for some reason I'm getting it right now. It's great. But uh, yeah, cool. It's been driving me crazy. Yeah. All right, Jason. Well, thanks a lot. Appreciate Thanks for calling and good luck, man. Hey, hey, thank you, All guys. Right. Bye. Fantasy laxative. I think he's kind of right. Why did we not think of that? Why did I not <laughs> think really. of that before? <laughs> That's pretty good. I definitely got to share that with Corey tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have a new nickname. Uh, Jason from Wisconsin is christened him the uh, fantasy laxative. Uh <laughs> <laughs> i tell you, it was like a laxative again today. Melvin Gordon with 15 rushing yards. Yeah. Did have a rushing touchdown, uh, and uh, but only one catch for one yard, although it was uh, – I'm sorry. The, in the receiving game, one catch for 11 yards. Uh, his last five games, including the playoffs, he rushed for a total of 135 yards. Gordon really got banged up towards the end of the regular season. How much do you think people are going to remember this on draft day next year, Jim? Oh, I hope they remember it a lot. I love when that happens. Uh, you know, again, we we always say overreaction Monday. Well, this is overreaction off season. Uh, you know, they 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 look at what he did over the last month after being hurt and. You know, all of a sudden that pushes him down further on the draft board. I'll take that all all day and twice on Sunday. I, I don't think he falls as far as some would think. I still think he goes early in the second round. But I, I love that value if you take him early in the second round, especially after the year he had. I think he'll still go in the mid to late first round in a lot of leagues when people look at the overall numbers. Well, and, and hope, I'm hoping that isn't the case, but it, you know, it will, and it'll be that way in a lot of leagues we play in. A lot of the more common leagues, friends leagues, you know, things like that. Public leagues, that yeah. At, yeah, people see that dip at the end of the season. They don't want to take that that chance in the first round. Yeah, the key today was for uh, for the Chargers to get the running game established, and it, it just didn't happen. Uh, we'll talk more about the Chargers next on the Fantasy Football Rewind. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day. The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced groupings, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings. 
ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulators, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three-ball betting tools, PGA Pro tip, subscri- tips, subscriber chats, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. Scott Engel and Jim Day recapping New Orleans and the Chargers. Austin Eckler was also banged up down the stretch, uh, and he really wasn't much of a factor. They split him out today, only three catches for 19 yards, and uh, Justin Jackson caught one pass for four yards. Uh, The running backs really needed to take some pressure off the Chargers today, and they just didn't do it. Well, it's not like they had a heck of a whole lot of chances. They only rushed the ball 10 times in this game while Rivers threw the ball 51. Um, again, it was because they were behind so quickly, uh, so big, so early in this game that they had to. They didn't have a choice. But, uh, yeah, you, you, you were hoping to see more out of Gordon, uh, the fact that they let him play. Maybe because he's so banged up, it might have been better off not letting him play and letting the other guys at least get their shot. Who knows? We'll never know at this point, but uh, definitely a disappointing day. Yeah, but uh, next year it looks like uh, they're going to be very deep at running back. They will have both Eckler and Jackson there in case Gordon gets bagged up at any point. And I agree. Uh, and, you know, both of them, you know, played well for the most part this season. Eckler had a, a great start to the season, uh, even as the backup was doing a lot of good things. And Justin Jackson, it just gives them another big body when they want to do early down work if Gordon is out. So I agree. I, I think both of these guys are, are good, solid backups and will continue to be so. You did see Gordon kind of slow down down the stretch. Uh he had one touchdown run in his final three regular season games, and his last 100-yard game came in week nine. Yep, it was definitely a fade down the end. That that injury was probably more than they were letting on. Uh, and, and once again, probably trying to push him back before he was truly ready. And we've seen that, you know, uh, quite a few instances this year where teams tried to push their running backs back on the field before they were fully ready. And, you know, we've seen that be a big detriment. Tyrell Williams was actually the leading receiver for uh, the Chargers today. Five catches for 94 yards, but probably going to go undrafted. Uh, you know, did not score in his final eight games of the season. And uh, in that stretch, he uh, he, o- he only topped uh, 46 yards once in the final eight games of the season. So uh, Williams had back-to-back 100-yard games in week six and week seven, but we really didn't hear much from him for the rest of the year. Yeah, the only way I see people drafting Tyrell is in, you know, a, a, a deep roster best ball league. Uh, right, like NFFC right. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right. Grab him grab him really late and hope he gets you, you know, three, four good games out of the season at that price. And, you know, at that point he works. Uh, you know, in a regular season where you have to try and figure out where to start him every week, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I don't even think he's rosterable in that sort of format. Uh, Keenan Allen with two catches for 75 yards and a touchdown today. Looked like he was going to get off with a really good start, as, uh, and so were the Chargers. And they tied the game early on a 43-yard uh, pass from Rivers to Allen. You, you, you thought this was going to be a very competitive game, but uh, only once in his final f- six games uh, did he did he top 80, 80 uh, receiving yards. 
Keenan Allen was very disappointing down the stretch, uh, especially during the regular season. Didn't score in uh, the final two. He did have a four-game stretch where he scored from week 10 to week 13. But in the second half of the season, he just had two 100-yard games. Well, again, those injuries really hit him hard. And, you know, while he was out there trying to play, he just wasn't 100%. You can see that uh, pretty much all the time he was on the field. Uh, He'd make a play and he'd come up and look a little gimpy, but he'd still stay out there and play. And, yeah, it's hard to fault guys that are out there playing while they're injured. But at the same time, you know, you're not getting the numbers out of them. So you have to wonder if at any point are they actually hurting their team. Look, I like Keenan Allen a lot, but I think uh, I think a lot of people regard him as a fantasy wide receiver one. I'm more of the opinion that he's a high-end fantasy wide receiver two. Uh, and I'm with you. I wouldn't take him as my one. Uh, just the injury history alone, I wouldn't take him as my one. Yeah, he's more of like a 10 to 15 point guy, uh, you know, in your average week, which is certainly not bad. I'm not saying he stinks, but I don't want him as the total anchor of my fantasy squad. Mike Williams, five catches for 68 yards. Kind of set a tone early with a big drop. Uh, But he played well overall, and I really like him a lot heading into his second season. Uh, You can see how much Rivers likes throwing the 50-50 ball to Mike Williams. This essentially was his rookie year with uh, the lost season last year. Uh, We didn't see any 100-yard games. But uh, we saw a healthy amount of touchdowns. We saw uh, we saw three two touchdown games and ten touchdown catches overall. I think uh, you can only point upwards for next year. And I too totally agree. I, I like this kid a lot. I think he's going to be a very good receiver in this league. Uh, they just got to build up a little bit more trust, and he he's got to w- learn to work on that focus. So, you know, he dropped quite a few passes this year, and most of the time, if you watch him, it's because he's trying to run before he catches the ball. And I hate when young receivers do that. You know, one one of the things my dad always taught me when I was young is always watch the ball all the way into your hands. Once you have it, then you can react. Don't do it till you have the ball secured. And you know, too many of these young guys are just missing that. Yeah, maybe they need coaching from you. Get need to be reminded of that. No, I'm coaching from my dad. My dad was a good coach. Uh, okay. Uh, Hunter Henry did not catch a single ball today, uh, but I don't think he could have expected much after he missed the entire preseason and regular season and the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, to me, this was kind of kind of weird. You know, why try and push him back for this and? You know, it, it, he obviously wasn't fully ready. They were talking about him being on a snap count. And, you know, it, it just – I don't see why you try and push him back when this is going to be your tight end of the future, the, your young tight end that you want him to go, you know, a, a far – a long time with the team. And you, you're putting this pressure on him to get back from this injury so damn quick. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. All right. Tom Brady for the New England Patriots. Uh, yet another – postseason playoff win 34 44 344 three passing yards one touchdown and no interceptions i think uh i think reports of his demise are uh as they say in the old cliche greatly exaggerated brady did not have a terrific fantasy season but uh certainly came on more down during the stretch this is uh this is his second 300 yard game well, actually, his third 100-yard game, if he includes the regular season, in his final six. 
Uh, and he also had a four touchdown game to finish the regular season. Then he's got a delicious matchup next week at Kansas City. So Tom Brady could still get it done in terms of NFL winning. In terms of in terms of fantasy, though, uh, is he still a QB one or is he a high end QB two or is he right on that cusp? Yeah, yeah, that's a tough question. Uh, without Gronk there, I think that hurts. And you know, based on what we saw today, you know, a lot of people are already discussing the fact that it looks like Gronk may retire after this season. You know, his body's definitely taking you know too many hits, uh, too been beaten up too much, and we're probably looking at a Hall of Fame career anyway at this point. So we may see him go. Um, I, I know they have a young kid that they like on the team, Jeff Anderson that they're hoping moves into that role at some point when Gronk does leave. So we'll have to see if that pans out. They definitely need another, you know, good wide receiver. Uh, There's no doubt about it. They need to get somebody more consistent uh, that plays with Julian Edelman. So not everything is always on Edelman all the time. But, look, Brady, once again, you know, playoff time, Brady steps in, plays a good game, no fault at it. The one thing that, you know, we talked about on the Sunday morning show was they needed to get pressure on him, and that's the one thing they didn't do. They had no sacks. They only, you know, uh, knocked him down twice in the entire game, and they just really weren't in his face at all. He had plenty of time to do whatever he wanted. And any time you give him that much time, he's going to rip you apart. All right, I do agree with you that they need another receiver. Uh, do you think he's more of a down? Did he more of a downfield threat or like a, a big guy? Um, they really don't have anybody to stretch the field. Well, they, they kind of do. They're just not. They're not really enamored with him as a wide receiver, and that's Cordell Patterson. I mean, he's got all the all the yeah. speed to stretch the field. I mean, that's what he, he does. Can't run routes though. Well, and that's the thing. He, he's not a great route runner. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be adverse to to them having somebody who could take the top off a of defense consistently. All right. and catch I'm going to give ball. you a few names from free agency. Let's have some fun. You ready? Okay, sounds good. John John Brown. Uh, I've never been a huge John Brown fan. Um, he's got exactly what you're talking about. You know, a guy who could definitely take the top off defenses, get down the field. Um, he has he's had some great games in the league, but. Uh, he reminds me so much of like a Deshaun Jackson. He's a, a great guy for a best ball league, but not somebody I would want to play in a, a regular league where I have to figure out when to start him every week. Yeah, but if he's in New, New England, though, it becomes a little bit different. You figure he might be a little bit you more hope. consistent. Yeah, right. Tyrell, hope, Tyre- what if Tyrell Williams uh, didn't get, get back on the plane? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, hey, that, that wouldn't surprise me either, but, you know, it, it, pretty sure this was Tyrell Williams' best year, and it wasn't even a great year. Uh, so he's never been a, a guy who's really been consistent in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I like him. He's a big play receiver, but he's just not a consistent big play receiver. So I I, I don't know if that helps him any – I don't think that helps the Patriots any more than a Patterson or a Dorsett does. Randall Cobb. Uh, again, the injuries I think are just too much. Uh, it just hasn't. He hasn't been able to stay healthy for a few years now, and because of that, he's just not getting enough playing time. Now, Robbie Anderson would be a nice fit too, but he's maybe the ideal fit. But he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, and the Jets won't let him go to to New England. That's there, just there's not, not going to happen. There's not, there's not a lot out there in free. Dante Moncrief. 
Moncrief might be a, a good play for them, but, you know, we'd have to see how that worked out again. Uh, you know, the, it, Moncrief did okay with Luck, but there was obviously some other issues there that didn't work out well for him. I think he'd, he'd be a, a good number two in, in New England. I, I wouldn't mind that. That might be the best fit that we've actually talked about. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he didn't have a terrible year, and that was with you know Jacksonville throwing the ball. So Brady throwing what, him the what, ball. What about Antonio? Might... What about Antonio Brown in, in New England? Oh man, that would be deadly. Um, the one thing you know would the that... Steelers trade him to New England? I don't know. If they get the best price out of him, they might. But yeah, that's a great question. Do they want him in New England with Brady? Um, the the one thing we do know is if he's in New England, he's not going to get away with this crap. Uh, Belichick just won't allow it. Uh, so, you know, that would be interesting to see if he would even want to go there, just knowing the fact that he, he couldn't get away with this kind of BS. Uh, but, yeah, I, I you know, with him, with Brady throwing him the ball, I mean, look, you can make a case for Antonio Brown to pretty much go in any team in the league. He's that good at wide receiver. Yeah, uh, it really comes down to which team feels they really need him and can put up with his BS. You know, Brady's yep. always done it with a lot of no-name guys and doesn't worry about that. You know, what the name on the back of the jersey is, he'll throw to whoever's open. So, I don't know if they want to bring that big a headache into their locker room. Sony Michelle. But then again, they, they brought in Josh Gordon. So, who, what do I know? Yeah, they brought in <laughs> Randy Moss at one point too. So, yeah, right. Sony Michelle with the best game of his rookie season, 24 carries, 129 yards, and three touchdowns. If you had Sony Michelle uh, in your lineup today, your daily, you would definitely cash it, that's for sure. Uh, Michelle certainly benefited from the week off. He got banged up towards the middle of the season, got a little rest, started to come on a little bit stronger towards the end of the season. But, you know, this is what Sony Michelle is capable of when you talk about his upside. He's the finisher for that offense near the goal line and really, really ran just very well. Uh, he's got good vision. He's got good patience. He can accelerate very well at the second level of defenders. He's not afraid to be physical. And the Patriots, uh, you know, seem very judicious about keeping him fresh, too. Look, I like Sony Michelle a lot. I just wish he wasn't in New England. You know, if he's on another team, you're not worried about them, you know, giving his touchdown runs to James Devlin, the, the, the fullback. Uh, you know, like we saw down the, the stretch in, in fantasy playoff time, you know, they're all of a sudden, Sony Michelle gets them all the way down the field. They get to the goal line and they're handing it off to James Devlin to go in for the touchdown. So, you know, that kind of thing bothers me. That's Bill Belichick at his best. He, every time you think we got it figured out what he's going to do at running back, he comes in and throws a total wrench into the works. Well, he's still going to be the lead runner, though, in the main goal line guy. So what do you think is going to be about a fourth-round draft pick next year in our, in our FNTSY way-too-early mock? He went, he went the, the fifth round, I believe. Um, yeah, see, for me, fifth round is late. I'd love to get him in the fifth round, but I agree with you. I think when we actually get into drafts next year, I think he'll he'll end up going in the fourth, and in some cases, probably even the end of the third, based on you know if he has another big game in the playoffs like this. We all know recency bias. What did they do lately? Uh, really plays a factor into that. If he has another playoff game where he goes over 100 yards and has one or two touchdowns, then people are going to start to push him up. 
The problem with him, like if he was on for another team, you know, maybe it's good that he's on New England because they'll carefully manage his reps. We've already seen it this year, and we've seen it in college too. That uh, you know, Sony Michelle can be prone to injuries as well. Right. Yeah, and you definitely can't. He's not a guy you want, you know, running the ball three hundred plus times a year. I I grant you that. Uh, He's definitely shown himself to be a little bit more fragile than that when it comes to the injuries, but. Um, you know, when when he is healthy, he, he's definitely a dynamic force. He certainly was today, uh, you know, scoring three touchdowns where uh, one where he got pushed into the end zone by Rob Gronkowski and James Devlin. Yeah, yeah. that was great. Uh, force him in there. Rob Gronk said, uh-uh, not, that's not going to happen. This boy's going in and he just moved that whole pile. I love that. <laughs> yeah, both of these teams wanted to establish the run early. I think it was important for both of them to establish the run, but the Patriots were able to do it, and the Chargers were not. Well, and, and it didn't hurt that the Patriots had the short passing game working to perfection. Uh, you know, he, he was picking. Well, that's them because apart. they were running the ball so well; it was setting up play well, action. But that's what I mean. It, it worked in both ways. It, it helped each other, and that's what they wanted. They wanted to be a balanced offense, and that's what they got. All right, coming up next, we'll take a look at postseason hero James White right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy with Scott and Jim. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Englund, Jim Day. I had mentioned on uh, Fantasy Sports Today that James White was going to be a big chess piece for this for this New England team. And he certainly was with 15 catches for 97 yards. Uh, he didn't even touch the ball as a ball carrier. This was... Uh, this was a James White that we needed to see again for the Patriots with Josh Gordon uh, out, Rob Gronkowski not playing well. They needed to really reestablish who he was through that first 10 games of the season when he caught 67 of his, of his 94 passes. Uh, he did have two 10-catch games, one in Week 5 and Week 8, but uh, saved his best for the playoff game here. He was catching them downfield. He was catching quick hitters. James White, uh, I think, you know, especially if you're playing a fantasy football playoff league with multipliers, and we've seen what he could do in the postseason before, you're going to absolutely love him next week in Kansas City. I agree. I definitely, you know, uh, yeah, he, 
again, we talked about it on Sunday morning, and he definitely had to be a big part. We expected him to. I don't know if we expected him to catch 15 balls for 97 yards, 17 targets on the day, but we'll take it. I think it. he had we'll seven in the first it. quarter alone, uh, seven yeah, catches. It was something yeah. like that. It was crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he definitely worked it today. And if you used him in DFS or, or in a playoff league, you were definitely happy to do it. He got 24 points without getting a touchdown. Yep. It was a, uh, every time you turned, you know, when you're watching the game, every, every time you turned your head, James White was catching the ball. <laughs> Julian Edelman with nine catches for 151 yards. We were worried about the foot injury late in the season, but uh, he saves his best game for the postseason. Uh, he did score in three of his final four games in the regular season. Uh, he had uh, 27 catches in his last four games, and I, I don't see how Kansas City can handle him next week either. Well, I, that, that's going to be the thing, and that's what Kansas City's going to be working on all week is figuring out how to slow these two guys down uh, and slow Brady down. That's going to be their big game. They, they Kansas City played a great defensive game this weekend. They're going to need a game like that against Brady. Uh, again, it still comes down to the same thing. If you want to beat Brady, you got to get in his face. You got to get him uncomfortable. You got to get him outside of that pocket and, and trying to move around. That's when he makes mistakes. Again, the Chargers weren't able to do that today. The, the Patriots' offensive line played a great game, shut down Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. They they weren't anywhere even a factor in this game. Um, Kansas City has to figure something out like that. Either that, or we're going to see another of that. You know, those games that we saw the Monday Night Football crazy game between the Rams and Chiefs, where we're looking at a hundred total points scored, and whoever has the ball last is going to be the one that wins. <laughs> well, it's a lot of time it'll come down to coaching too. And uh, for Andy Reid to out coach Frank Reich is one thing, but uh, to out coach uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, McDaniels is going to be another. And fair point. I, I you know. Frank Reich had a great season with them and, you know, took this offense into a great place, but he definitely did not call a good game this weekend. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Andy Reid does. You know, we, we know all of the downside to Andy Reid. He's a great coach, but he has issues with, you know, time management and things like that and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It seems to fade when they get into the big games. Well, now's his chance to prove it. He's finally got a quarterback that could do it, all the things he needs him to do. And, you know, Mahomes is, he's just a different cat. He's a different guy. And I, I love the fact that he throws the ball from any angle he can just to get it there, and he gets it there. Uh, th this guy, he's, he's going to be good for a really long time. Rob Gronkowski, speaking about good for a very long time, but not maybe any longer. One catch for 25 yards. A lot of people are liking him at the daily price because even on the weekend slate, he was like the third uh, the third price tight end. But Gronkowski, it really seems like the best days are behind when you talk about as a receiver. Obviously, for those who watched the game, uh, the blocking was very, very good. But uh, only, only uh, after week one, he only had two touchdown receptions the last uh, – the rest of the season. Uh, he had a 101-yard game in week one and then just won the rest of the season. He did get close in week six against Kansas City. But uh, 
Only only three ninety yard games and three touchdowns all season long for Rod Gronkowski. Oh yeah, this entire season was just terrible. He only had a total of forty seven receptions on a year, six hundred and eighty two yards, and only three touchdowns. Definitely not what. And you he didn't have any major Rob injuries. He kept him off the field either. Well. He kind of did. I mean, his back was acting up almost all year. He had the problem with his ankle for a good portion of the season. So he was never fully healthy, and, and we see that now. You you watch him on the field, and when he's out there trying to run routes, you, you can tell he's not moving fluidly. He's got issues there. You know, he was just trying to power through it and, and uh, you know, be the Hulk and smash puny humans. It just didn't work out that way. Yeah, I guess that was wrong for me to say that uh... – you know that he didn't have any. I'm saying he did, he did miss three games, so uh, you know incorrect there. Uh, just a brain fart there, but uh, you know he he did play 13 games, and when he was on the field, just not productive at all. At this at this point, though, it's uh, it seems like just like so many health problems over the years uh, just caught up to him. Well, right and. You got to remember when he, even when he came out of college, most people didn't think he was going to do much at this level because he was coming in with back issues. Uh, come out of college with a lot of back issues, and people didn't think he was going to do much in the pros. They figured Hernandez was going to be the guy, and Gronk was just going to be a blocker and not much else. And you know, he he really showed that that wasn't the case. Except now the back is finally looking like it's catching up to him. Chris Hogan, three catches for 13 yards. He's an unrestricted free agent. Could he be more useful somewhere else? But you think, no, because the, he got to play with Tom Brady. The Patriots had lost as a wide receiver, and he didn't step up. He's been a big disappointment the last two years. And he, it, just at the beginning of the year, he didn't even step up with Edelman being suspended. Uh, Gordon wasn't there yet. You know, everybody expected Hogan to be that number one until – Edelman got there, and he, he couldn't take advantage of that. So, I mean, I, somebody will take a chance at him because he, he's such a low cost. It, it won't cost him anything to bring him in and, and give him a try. But, man, I, I don't think he's going to be on anybody's fantasy radar next year. Andrew Luck yesterday with 203 touchdowns, one touchdown, no interception, but probably going to be the second quarterback off the board in uh, most drafts next year. Uh, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely agree with that. After the season he had, I mean, they, they ended it up not in a great way, but he had such a season uh, that yeah, absolutely, what, 39 total touchdowns. And, you know, really, he's going to win comeback player of the year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, uh, boy, he definitely went out on a bad note uh, in this game. He just he, – he, he, I think the only thing I could think of is – those first couple of passes he threw that got tipped at the line kind of threw him off his game because for the rest of the game, he, he wasn't throwing the ball. He was pushing the ball. He was try, you know, trying to get it there by pushing it there instead of you know rearing back and firing like he's been doing all year. So I think they just got in his head early, and he never recovered. Marlon Mack, uh, nine carries for 46 yards. Uh, we saw some really good games from Mack next this year, though, should probably be drafted as a high-end RB2 next year. And he probably will. This is another guy that's probably going to go in the fourth round, uh, maybe the fifth round, depending on, on how the drafts flow. But, you know, I like Mac, and, you know, people are saying, oh, 
maybe Indianapolis to go after Bell and something like that. But yeah, there's no way they're going to do that. They got Mack at a nice, comfortable salary. They feel good about what he did this year. There's no way they're going to go out there and pay the money Bell wants. Uh, you know, there's just not no way that Colts are going to take him. So anybody out there making that conversation, make it stop because it ain't going to happen. Yeah, they also have Naheem Hines, who uh, will probably compliment him next year and maybe emerge more of that pass-catching running back. The knock on Mack coming into this year is that maybe he was just a perimeter runner, not an inside guy. We saw that wasn't the case. Uh, I think ultimately Indianapolis will be looking for, uh, you know, for those two guys to complement each other with, uh, with Hines having some upside going forward as a pass-receiving back. Well, look, Ed, rookie season, he still caught 63 balls. Um, you know, n- nothing to sneeze at there. I, I, I ended up with over 700 total yards, four touchdowns. You know, not a bad job for a rookie, you know, at, that's not even the number one running back on his team. So uh, 63 catches, not a bad deal at all. He's definitely going to be in, involved in their plans next year. And, you know, in, in a PPR league, he's, he's going to be, you know, somebody that probably goes in the sixth, seventh round. Dante Trell Inman finished with four catches for 55 yards. Uh, finished the regular season in the playoffs pretty strong. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Do you think the Colts bring him back? Uh, I think they liked what they saw. It seemed like Luck seemed comfortable throwing to him. So there, there is a chance. Uh, you know, this is a guy who made a, a splash a few years ago in San Diego. Went back when they were still in San Diego for a little bit. Got a little cup of coffee there. Had seemed to have a little bit of success, and then it just went nowhere from there. I, I don't know how much anybody's going to really invest in him if they can bring him back cheap. I think they do, but if it's going to cost them anything at all, I, I don't think they do that. I think they go out and try and get another one. Uh, remember, they, they still got uh, uh, Deion Kane that was hurt in the preseason this year yes. that they drafted. Uh, that you know should be ready for next year. They so like him a lot, to yeah, too. Yeah, and they do like him a lot. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays into it. Yeah, Eric Ebron finished with five catches for fifty-one yards. Uh, was the leading uh, touchdown catch re- receiver uh, in terms of touchdowns in the NFL this year with thirteen. Obviously, Jack Doyle is coming back, but even when Doyle was there, we saw that maybe it was a thing where Doyle was more of a target outside the twenties, and Ebron was in the red zone. So, uh, could you see Ebron catching eight eight plus touchdown passes again next year, even if Doyle is back? I can look. They definitely luck. Definitely look to him quite often in the red zone, uh, and I don't think that changes. Doyle, I will, I believe, still be their number one tight end next year. But again, he, he's never been a big touchdown threat. He's always a guy that you know seems to work well around the middle of the field and, and make plays there. You know, I still still see that happening. He'll be the guy that probably catches more balls on the season. Of course, if he could stay healthy on the season, then then Ebron. But yeah, Ebron is still going to be very much involved and definitely a red zone threat. He just needs to, to curtail those drops. Uh, he, had, he had quite a few this year. He, he needs to, to get that done. That was always a knock on him in, in Detroit as well. He needs to uh, to keep that focus going. Michael Gallup saved his best game for the playoffs 
Uh, six catches for 119 yards against the Rams. Uh, do you think he emerges as a firm number two wide receiver for the Cowboys next year? Obviously, they drafted him to be that. Uh, can you comfortably draft him as a fantasy wide receiver three? Or, you know, he only caught two touchdown passes this year and was invisible for a lot of the year, too. Where are you at with Michael Gallup? Is he more of a wide receiver four heading into next year? Or could he be a fantasy starter? I don't think he's going to be a fantasy starter yet, but I, I like Gallup. Uh, I think uh, you know him and and Dak have to work on building a bigger presence together, and you know getting co- more comfortable together. But that happens with a lot of rookie wide receivers. But I do like the kid. They they drafted him fairly early. They want him to be that number two. It's not like they really have anybody else on the roster that could do that job. Uh, so I do think he fits that mold. But for me, next they year they could fish. I'll they probably... could fish for somebody in free agency, maybe. Well, and they could, but the the free agency names aren't the greatest. Um, and and you're you're out there taking chances when this is a the guy they drafted fairly early. It's not like there's been a change in the regime. This is their guy, so they're going to want him to be that number two. And I think he takes a nice step forward, but it. It, it's not somebody – I wouldn't draft him as a wide receiver three next year. I'd draft him as a wide receiver four that has wide receiver three upside. How happy are you to see the Dallas Cowboys eliminated from the playoffs? Uh, the and only Giants. thing I'm happy – the only thing – see, that doesn't bother me. I don't hate the Dallas Cowboys because I'm a Giants fan. I hate the right. Dallas Cowboys because all the Dallas Cowboy fans and they're, how about them Cowboys – you know what? <laughs> uh, th- these guys haven't done anything since Ezekiel Elliott's mother was born. Wow. That's a long time ago. I didn't realize she was only about 30 <laughs> years old. Uh, but <laughs> y- you make an interesting point, though, because like the Dallas fans are like so vocal in the fact that if they do well, they feel a need to make sure that the entire world hears it. Oh, but they... they- they want everybody to hear it, even if they don't do well. <laughs> it, they're probably, it's they're like probably the most magical, the thing. most the most vocal fan base uh, in the NFL. Absolutely, and it's you know like uh, you know I I don't get it. It's uh, but it is what it is, and uh, unfortunately we have to deal with it, especially me having to deal with Corey every day and his how about them Cowboys. So that that's the only positive I think about that. Hopefully that goes away very quick. Well, you know what you know what I say about the how about the Cowboys slogan. It shows how long it's been since the team has been a real contender because that quote was like twenty three years ago. Yeah, and that they have not been a real contender since then. But I think you know the Cooper trade was a big piece. Yeah. Um, the fact that they got Ezekiel Elliott involved in the passing game was a big piece. Uh, if Gallup could step up and take that number two role, that'd be a big piece. Now they just have to work with Dak to get him a little bit more consistent. You know, hold on to the ball a little more so he's not putting it on the ground as often. Uh, and if they could do that, then then I think they have a lot of good pieces together. We know the defense is is good. They got a lot of good young defenders on that team, so the defense is going to be solid for a while. They just need to solidify this offense, and they're going to be a strong team for a while. Yeah, I don't hate Dallas either. It's just, uh, you know, their fans are, like, always talking all over the place, and the people who hate them are talking about them too. It's like my Facebook feed gets filled up with the Cowboys either with with both the lovers and the haters. 
Yeah, mine too. And uh, yeah, just not not a fan of that. Look, uh, I understand if your team is winning and out there doing it. Hey, God bless you. Good for you. You know, happy for you. But you know, when your team hasn't won anything in such a long time, for you to be crowing about them being America's team just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, I think the Patriots are America's team. The Patriots, to me, America's team is the one that everybody recognizes and that they stir passion in everybody, whether it's love or hate. And I, I, re- I think everybody knows who Tom Brady is. He's a not football yeah. fan. So I, I think the Patriots are America's team, and I say that honestly. You know, I don't hate the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, no, I, it, but the way you put it, then, yeah, I agree. If you're talking about the most known, most uh, you know, recognized franchise, at this point it has to be the Patriots. Yeah. Rod Marinelli says uh, he'll do anything he can to keep Chris Richard in town in Dallas. All right. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Rewind. Always a pleasure to do with uh, with Jim Day. Thanks to our producer, Yang Luciano. We'll see you again soon.